What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's big brother, and we back with a Saturday night sit down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fab, Freddie Fox, America's big brother, and we back with a Saturday night sit down. And tonight, I got content creator Chris Claflin. What's going on, my man? Hanging out. Excited for this. Excited to chat with you. Awesome, awesome, man. I'm super excited, man. No reason to be nervous. Um, we here, man. We're gonna have a good time, man. So, so, um, you know, I came across you, right? And um, you know, I'm a firm believer. Everything happens for a reason, you know. Um, and um. You know, around the time I came across one of your quotes that really, really resonated with me because it was so um, relevant to my current situation and everything that was going on. Um, and then just also when you were saying this quote, you know, you could see the feeling like how much this also meant to you and impacted you. Um, and I say this because at the time, you know, uh, I lost two uncles in the span of a week. Um, you know, they both passed away. And... Um, you know, I was just scrolling through social media and stuff like that and just going and, you know, trying to keep my mind to for a couple of things. And then I came across one of your quotes and it says, you know, now I have to remember you longer than I've known you. And, um, man, like it, it just hit so hard. Like I said, it's just knowing that I just lost those two uncles and everything's going on. And then just, you know, it, it just was what I needed at the moment. You know, and then going through your page and seeing, you know, all your other quotes and everything like that and then seeing what you are, you know, your family man with your kids and everything. And that's what this whole show is about that I do. Right. It's really, you know, as I tell everyone, I know a lot of people who didn't have their father in their lives for one reason or the other. Um, you know, and we can see how that impacts us, you know, uh, boys, girls and stuff like growing up without having a real good positive male role model or your dad in your life. You know, and just seeing what you're about. And I was like, man, I think this, this guy gets it. And I would love to have him sit down and then speak with him. So thank you so much for giving me your time tonight, Chris. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Freddie. I, I do have to give credit to the original author of that quote because I didn't make that up. Mm. Um, so that C.C. Arl, who I believe is a poet or an author. And so I'm not I didn't make that up. I saw it and it like fit how I was feeling at the time. And uh, we actually crossed the milestone, I think, last year for my, my dad being gone longer than um, he was around in my life. Wow. So not my words, but I did share that. And, yeah, it kind of went viral. So No, and, and I think, like I said, just, just the, the, the raw emotion in it and then just getting through it and just how you choked up and then trying to get it out. And it was just... Everything about it, the combination, the quote, the way your delivery, you know, just the emotions behind it just made it extremely impactful. So, of course, it's going to go viral, man. I mean, it had all the right ingredients to it um, to do so. Um, so and then, like I said, like, you know, just just seeing your page and then all the other quotes that you're going in through. And that's what I'm about, man. I, I'm a, I love quotes. Uh, you know, I mean, I listen to them all the time and then just, you know, hey, they help me get through the day, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so I guess, like you said, you know, about that quote, it was coming up on the year mark with, with your dad. And, you know, I guess it's, again, even more connection to it, right? Like this whole show is about, you know, dads and, and, and the importance of what they mean to us and just, you know, seeing the emotion, you know, how much he meant to you it must have been in, in, incredible. Um, and and when we'll get to that topic in just a minute, because I always open up with the same question for everybody, right? So if you had to think about it and you're looking at it, um, what do you think are the main characteristics or qualities that make up a good man or a good person? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like 
th- there's, I don't know. That, that's, that's a good question. I, I think it's comes down to how you treat other people. Really. I mean, if you treat people the way you would want to be treated, golden rule, simple stuff, right? right, right. Want to make the world a better place. And it's a little bit sad because there's a lot of people that like aren't about that. Um, seems like maybe half of us aren't about that. And I think being a good person kind of just comes down to whether or not you're trying to actively leave the world a better place than when you, when you found it, which is hard sometimes, you know, cause like every one of us, we're all about us, you know, like right. it's hard not be selfish. Um, but I think that good people tend to be able to like look outside of themselves and try to leave things better than they were. And, uh, leave a good mark you know so yeah no absolutely and, and and i and i believe that wholeheartedly man I'm, I'm i'm a firm believer as i tell everybody you know my what my we, what, what do you think makes a good person freddie like what because you talk to a lot of people yeah. probably say a lot of, yeah and, like, and i've seen a lot of different things you get you have to probably like put together something in your head where it's like no this is kind of where i've settled on what makes a good person what what does it mean to you um to, to me man it, it really is just that right you Giving, spreading out love, right? Somebody who genuinely loves and cares, who wants to listen and, and be there. And, and I say that because as I was getting into it, like, right, like my, my idols, my role models growing up, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi, you know, and all these guys are the same thing, right? They want to leave this place better. They want to leave their mark. So, you know, seeing them and what they've been able to do and how they impacted this world, um, you know, it, it, it developed a fear in me, right? And my biggest fear, and I tell this to everybody, is being forgotten, Right. Like going through this life and not leaving an impact on somebody, not making a difference, not doing something to to be carried on, remembered, you know, so I, I want to make sure that I leave a positive impact and, and helping people and just being kind. So that, that's got to be like my number one thing is really just being a kind, genuine person. Right. To love people, because that's how we're going to change the world. Right. Spreading love. Everybody wants to be loved and cared for no matter what they've gone through. So that that's what I I making a mission like there was days growing up like i would tell my i would ignore my friends phone calls for the day right because my mission for today is you know i just want to go out and just help people do good deeds you know maybe pay for that kid's ice cream at the store you know help that lady cross the street you know help my man with the yard work bring out the neighbor's trash or something like that you know any little thing and stuff like that it doesn't have to be grand gesture but just looking out for each other your fellow man and it's crazy that when i do nice things for people that they're so in shocked and like baffled like it's so out of the norm that it, it kind of hurts a little bit. It's like you're so surprised that someone was genuinely nice to you. It's just crazy. You know what I mean? Sure, that's true. Yeah, you know. So, so that would be the big one for me. And and and, and then the next question I'll ask you, right? A lot of people is as part of that going through life, having you know great qualities and stuff. It's also important to have really strong morals, right? And things that you sure. hold dear to yourself. So, for you, what are some of your key morals that you live by on a day to day basis? Um. You know, I, uh, I have a really, what do they call it? Not a bad conscience, like a guilty conscience, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I really try to do the right thing, um, even if it means I don't make as much money or I, it, so yeah, for me, for me, I feel like everything that I have, I do, I try to make sure that it's not at the very least not hurting somebody. Mm-hmm. And, um, ideally like i want to be helping people and that's kind of a a space that i think is unpopular to live in where uh because like you know especially when you get money involved like people build businesses they have like side hustles or whatever 
and those aren't always good. Right. Um, it's barely making the world a better place. I mean, there's a lot of people that are just like, you know, about money or about fame or about more likes or whatever it is. And um, I guess my moral compass is just kind of centered around whether or not what I'm doing is going to help people and is what I'm doing hurting anybody. And I don't ever want to be in that kind of a situation where I'm not contributing positively to the world. I guess I don't think too much about like <laughs> morality or whatever and what I'm doing. I just, you know, like to work hard. I like to make sure that, um, yeah, like I'm leaving the world a better place. And like you said, like leaving a mark that's positive, you know, um, I actually, so my wife and I just moved out of a mortuary. So, for the past five years, we've lived inside of a mortuary. Wow. Um, might even be a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. It's been a crazy experience. So um, the deal was, because um, I'm like, I'm not a super successful entrepreneur. I have a business that I started that is doing well enough, but a business is like always super risky to start. So when we got this opportunity, it was like, okay, you can live in this mortuary in exchange for free rents. But you have to take care of the grounds. And one week out of the month after the mortuary closed and all the funeral directors went home, we would answer phones from 5 p.m. till 830 in the morning. Like if somebody passed away or if somebody needed something and if somebody passed away in their house. So you either die in a nursing home, in the hospital or in your house. If somebody died in their house, I would have to go with the funeral director to pick that person up. And during COVID, I live streamed like a lot of the funerals for people who had passed away because they couldn't handle capacity in right, these, right. you know, in these services. And so I got to listen to a lot of people's lives kind of be like rehashed, you know, at a funeral. They weren't people that I knew, but I got to listen to like a lot of people talk about, you know, their uncles, their dads, their moms, their aunts, their cousins, whoever it was that passed away. And it gave me like a, a lot of perspective in terms of like, what's the mark I want to leave on the world? Like, what are people going to say about me right. when I'm going to happen? I got a one way ticket just like you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like every day matters and every day you're stacking bricks that build like something that people are going to admire and be glad that you were there to build or not. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely can see that too, right? Because, and, and we all do that, right? So when, when in our lives, when somebody passes away, we experience death, right? Everybody starts going through their own mortality, right? That's one of the, I guess, grounds of grief, right? You start realizing, man, life is too short and I should have done this and all these things. And, you know, that's right. when you start thinking about all that stuff. And, um, you know, with everything that you said, man, I just picked up on a bunch of number, a bunch of different things. Right? I know the first question we talked about as far as um, the morals and things like that and, and, you know, what you live by. Um, and just about what you're saying and how you described about, you know, making sure that you're doing the right thing and all that stuff is really accountability, right? Like, you know, that that's something big for you. You hold yourself accountable. You want to make sure that you're doing what you're doing is right. And, and I go through that too, right? I mean, I, I've been in that and, and, you know, I have my own business as well. So I got to do t-shirts. I do custom t-shirts and apparel and things. Um, and there's some instances where, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing an order. And, and I've done this before where like I do a bunch of shirts and then I'm looking and there's something about it that just isn't sitting right with me. Right. Like I don't like it or something like that. Or maybe there may be one little thing that that's off that maybe not be noticeable to other people or whatever, but it bothers me. Right. And then I'll sit there and I'm just like, man, like I can't, you know, hand off these shirts with this one minor error. They might not notice, but I do. And I don't want to have that. So I'd redo the order. You know what I mean? Like maybe it burns money in my pocket because I'm redoing it all over again and buying additional supplies and stuff. But I just don't have it in me to give a product that I'm not 100 percent happy with. 
You know what I mean? So it's just that. And it might not be popular. Some people are like, I'm after the buck, man. Just get it cheap. That's how the door is done, whatever. Like, get this paper and go. You know, but that's just, I, 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 I don't have that in me. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's a lot like you said about yourself. Um, and then you said about that too, right? Living in a mortuary, right, for five years. That That's huge, right? And I came across something recently too where it's just like, you know, you got to sacrifice, you know, the life you're living today for the life you want to live for tomorrow, Right. And that's a huge sacrifice. Right. You looked at, hey, you know, it's five years. We got to do these things. But, you know, no rent and, and all this stuff will help give you a chance to kind of stack and put yourself in a better position. So where you are now and now you're able to go out and really start living the life that you wanted to do. But you had to take that minor, you know, detour. But in the process, like you said, you're seeing with all those people and it gave you a lot of time to really focus on mortality and what you want to do. And really all that stuff over five years doing this and seeing all those things really gave you that that that. That, that that helped to all right this is what i want to do and figure things out for yourself so you know that, that that's awesome now with that real quick like you said about your business right so what is it that you what's your side of business here that you do now what's your yeah so um we're kind of branching it out so originally we were building and designing websites and mobile applications and web-based applications so i started that in 2015 i started the business in 2017 we've been doing that ever since and then this year I started working with like companies and brands on how to grow on social media, like create engaging TikTok content, um, create videos that have like a potential of going viral, that sort of, that sort of thing. So we do all of it now. So it's a lot of fun. But the primary focus now is like on the social side of things, because um, surprisingly, um, <laughs> for whatever reason, I have like a knack for it. And so, um, so that's, that's what we do. Yeah, no, and it's it's paying off nice for you, man, right? Like, you, you've gotten so many different followers and so many people going on. As you see here, I've been going through the comments, how many people say that your quotes have helped them out and inspired them and really gone through some tough times. So you're definitely doing that, right? You're leaving an impact on people, um, and you're here to support that love. So thank you, everybody, for letting them know that, that you appreciate him and what he's doing, and, and just keep doing what you're doing, man. It is needed, um, and not a lot of people have that gift like you do, right? To see that and just really just sit there, just you, the mic, and your words, and you have people captivated, you know? So that's definitely a gift. It was by accident, man. I wasn't planning on on that going. Like, the thing that happened with TikTok is, like, um, I, I posted a video, like, right at the beginning of the pandemic that blew up. It had 2 million views, but, like, I did a bunch of stuff in Photoshop for that video, and I was like, I don't want to be the Photoshop guy. Like, right. I don't do this you know and so like i didn't post for like six or seven months and then i got back on i was like i really like making the videos so i was like what could i do every day that would just be like low-key and easy i'm just gonna do it for me and so i started like posting these quotes or thoughts that i had or whatever and a couple of those blew up and they're just you know by accident i don't i don't even know <laughs> i don't even know what's, why you know because it's difficult to grow and i had tried really hard to grow on like instagram and youtube prior to that and no luck but then tiktok came along it was like right platform right place right time so yeah ended up reached a lot of people and it's been humbling to see like how people especially the video that you mentioned you know the one that i did about my dad that sat in drafts for like a couple weeks i almost trashed it Mm. because i was like when i filmed it um it like was hard to say it because as i was yeah and i stopped Cause I was like, oh, that's stupid. Like I got to restart, but then I watched it back over and I was like, well, that's how I feel. And so I edited it, you know, I color graded it and everything. And then it sat in my phone for a long time. I was like, should I post this? Should I not? 
I, it was really a really big struggle. I just sat in drafts for a long time. And then when I posted it, it just took off and it has been trending ever since, you know, it's touched a lot of people. And interestingly, it was really healing um, for me because it sounds silly. So he actually didn't pass away a year ago. He passed away when I was 14. Mm -hmm. So a year ago is when we hit the point where he's been out of my life longer than he was in it. Right. right. Um, and so um, when, when that kind of, took off and all these people were commenting about like how similarly they felt people they had lost. Like it sounds silly, but for a lot of years I felt really alone because all my other friends still had their dads. And I was like, what the hell? Like I'm the only kid without a dad. But then I posted this video, you know, so it's like years later. And um, I realized like stupid Chris, like you're not alone at all. Like there's hundreds of thousands of people that feel the exact same way. And, and it was really humbling too. Cause like made me realize like right now, you know, like, especially since kind of COVID hit, like everybody's just like dividing off into these little factions of like beliefs and people are digging, you know, it's like whatever their thing is. And like, we're all ready to like die on the Hills that we've decided to plant our flags in. But like that, the comments in that section remind me like, it doesn't matter what you think politically or like how you approach life, like how you do things. We are all the same. Yes. Like we are all the same when you boil it down. And um, that video, I feel like really like showed that to me because people are people. They love their people. And when you lose your people, like there's nothing worse, but there's also nothing more like equalizing um, than that experience because we all experience it. Yeah, no, and it is definitely not, I wouldn't say by accident, right? I mean, you have a lot of skills and everything happens for a reason. That's I'm a fair, firm believer now. Like, everything happens for a reason. Like DMX said, you know, everything in life is either a blessing or a lesson, right? You just got to learn how to mm -hmm. see that. And, um, you know, and I, and I felt like that too, you know, and it's so funny because I took him on the same time I earlier, about a couple of weeks ago, um, I just I just stopped, you know, doing my show for a little bit. You know, I was had a lot going on at work or whatever and I didn't feel um you know, I was getting like a lot of traction, you know, I had my usual people and it wasn't, you know, anything crazy. So I was like, I'm 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 just going to just chill for a moment. And then the moment I did, you know, people that I didn't hear from or didn't like, you know, see in the comments or in the notes or anything like that, like hit or message like, "Hey, like when's the next episode?" And I'm like, "You were watching, bro? Like I've never seen you comment or like or anything like that." I you know what I mean, but it's like, "Yeah, nah, man, I'm going through some things. I need that and just seeing how appreciative people are of what we're doing and and like you said, right? I started doing this because I love talking to people, right? I wanted to do an impact, something that was low key, something that I enjoyed doing and look forward to and I love having conversations with everyone because everybody's so different and you get to learn and see life from a whole different perspective and it's absolutely amazing like i'm i'm in just and like i i do i love people i love people because they're just so unique and just everybody's mysterious and different in their own ways so it's awesome to sit down and learn and, and like you said that too i wasn't planning on doing anything crazy i just wanted to do something that that i enjoy doing and you start seeing taking off like i've done interviews with people who live in japan i'm listening to in chile and europe and canada and you know what i mean like because but you know you just got to find something that you're passionate about and go for it. Like, like my daughter asked me that too. She was just like, you know, dad, like, why do you work? You know, what's a job? You know, and I, and I explained to her, I was like, you know, a job is to help pay for your passion. Right. And she's like, okay, what's that? Well, a passion is something that you enjoy doing. Right. That it doesn't matter. Like you live for it. You feel good every time you do it. Nobody has to tell you command you or anything like that. Like you just go out and do it because you love it that much. 
a job is just supposed to help you get to that point, you know? That's- and that's what I feel now. Like, yeah, I'm working at nine to five or whatever, but this is what I look forward to, you know, like these conversations and sitting down and I'm not going to take a break off because it also like help hurt, hurt me in a sense to not have these conversations. Cause it's like my therapy, you know, I get to see things and unbox myself and, and all these things, having these conversations. So not doing it for those times either was just letting things pile up and kind of eat at me and stuff. So, you know, it, like you said, same thing for you. It wasn't, it wasn't a mistake. You know, you had the right thing. You have a gift, you have a talent and, and then people are captivated and you just do it. And you just seen how explosive it can be. Yeah. 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 Consistency is huge, man. I mean, you just keep doing the same thing for a really long time. And it'll like, it's, it's bound to grow, you know, like maybe it doesn't get monstrous, you know, maybe not one of the biggest in the world. It could, but like, you just need, you just need like a core group of people, like one tribe that's like really into what you're doing and really relies on it. And, you know, like it's enough to make a living and change the world, leave your mark, you know, like a positive, cool what you're doing. Yeah, no, like you said earlier, right? Everybody's will, will die on that hill, right? They put their flag on, and that's what what what's great about like social media and, and all these things. It has its pros and its cons, right? You know, of course, the cons we always see people's you know highlight reels, and we start comparing things and all those things. So we we can see the negative side of that part, right? When you get so involved into that area. But the also beautiful part about it is that before, you know, people like you could be the one kid in your school who likes Pokemon, but everybody hates it. Right. And you have nobody that likes Pokemon. So you feel like you're totally alone and an outsider. But you hop on Facebook or Instagram and it's like in Pokemon, you find thousands and millions of other people who are same in the gear for you. And you can find your tribe and you can latch on to them. And, you know, and you, and you find that. So that's the great thing about this. Right. I just got to be myself. Right. And that's what I tell everybody is that I just got to be me. And the people who are like-minded, who like that or whatever, I'll attract them, right? Because they see that. And the people who don't like it, they, they're either number one, like sit there and comment or they hate speech, which is fine because you're just giving me more notoriety. So perfect. Like do that if you want to. Or like you said, you got people who really like love you and then they stand by you and they want to protect you and they're there and, and you know, and they religiously listen every single week. You just got to be you. And like you said, be consistent. You do those two things and, and that's it, man. You'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, now again, like I do this show because, um, you know, I said like a lot of people didn't have their dads in their lives. Right. And like you said, too, your dad passed away when you were 14. So while you had him in your life, like, you know, what was your relationship with your dad like? It was good. It was positive. He's an amazing, amazing dad. I was very lucky in that regard. Like uh, he was an artist. And so like a good artist, like he he did work for Lucasfilm. So like when Star Wars episode one was coming out, yeah. they hired him. Like, nice. do some- Stuff. yeah and it was really funny because he like he accepted half payment in like merch so like he got a check but they also sent like pallets of toys you know like all the star wars toys wow. and stuff it was really wild <laughs> wow. probably not the best thing, you know because like um maybe they're collectibles now i don't know they're like sitting in boxes in the crotch but um anyway yeah he was he was just like a really talented artist like really good dad um but yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. If we want to dig in deeper, we can. But yeah, he's an amazing, amazing man, like talented all around, incredible to his family. Like I was very blessed in that regard. So No, that, that's awesome. I mean, he definitely left an impact and, and all those things. And, you know, I know you had him for that time in your life. And, but if you had to think about it, right, what do you think is, is the biggest thing that you learned from him? Well, I don't know. I don't know if this would be the lesson that he would want me to have taken, but I think the biggest lesson that I learned from him. So like, he was insanely talented, like genius level talent, 
he could paint and illustrate in any style that you ask him. He had like his own very unique style that um, I think if he was still alive, he would have like made it into something and be really well known. Um, but what happened to him is when he was in college, the, there was this job fair and this company in Colorado saw his work and they were like, hey, we want to hire you. So they hired him. And when he started, there were 24 artists in his art department. And um, every couple of years, they'd go through like tough financial times and do layoffs. Right. And so he was maybe, I want to say 13 years. And by the end, he was the only artist left because he was the best. But they kept piling all the work from the other artists that they let go onto him. And they, they gave raises, but like marginal raises, right? And so he was like, I, I found, you know, all these journals and notebooks that he had. And like as an adult reading through, it's just really heartbreaking because he knew he had the ability to go out on his own and build his own, his own thing. But he was torn between like providing for his family and like making our lives comfortable because like it is a nerve wracking, scary thing to like put your fi family's financial well-being in jeopardy to like set sail on your own and who the hell knows what happens, you know? And, um, so he like, uh, he got into this really bad cycle where he was drinking a lot of Coca-Cola. So he had like a, definitely a caffeine addiction that he was trying to kick. It's a lot of sugar and he like his comfort food was, it was McDonald's. And so he ate a lot of McDonald's and started getting out of shape. He would write in his journals like this month, th this year I'm going to, you know, lose the weight, get back into shape. Cause he was really, aggressive cyclist when he was younger and um he just like couldn't break the cycle because work was too demanding the comfort food was too addicting um he wasn't sleeping because of like all the caffeine in his system every day he was stressed all the time because he was the only artist that this corporation was putting all the pressure and work onto and like I watched this as a kid and as I've grown older, I've pieced together like what all of it meant. And at the end of the day, like my dad taught me that um, a man is only as powerful as he chooses to be, because I think that we all have the ability mm. to like build our boat and go sail out and make it. But too many of us like hitch ourselves to larger ships, larger vessels because of the perceived safety. But you end up getting into the situation where you have golden handcuffs on your wrist mm -hmm. where like you are trapped by choice. And the more you get addicted to the paycheck and keeping the mortgage and the cars and making yourself feel like I'm a good dad because I make money for your for my kids rather than like I'm a good dad because I spend time with them. Like I think a lot of men fall into this trap, my dad included, but this is the biggest lesson that I learned from him. Like if you are determined and work hard, it is better to try and fail at your own thing than be harnessed by some entity that's going to grind you up in the gears of capitalism and progress and not blink twice when you're gone. Cause when he died, they replaced him like that. <laughs> you know, they yeah. didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, you know, and just just everything that you're saying there, man, just so many different things just came to mind and just different thoughts. It's like, that's one of them, right? Um, you know, and I, and I forgot, there's so many people that say this, right? But there's like, you know, don't kill yourself over a job that'll replace you in a day. Actually, there was, I think it was a, it was a Frito-Lay company, right? A couple, well, maybe a year ago, maybe a year or two ago. Frito-Lay said that? 
No, 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 no. Here's what happened. Oh. I, it was at free. There were there were people that were boycotting out there. I'm pretty sure it was free to lay. I gotta look it up. I hope I'm not getting it wrong and messing somebody's company up. But there was a company, <laughs> right? Very big company where all the people were like going to um either like do a boycott or whatever because literally the keyboard there, there was a guy working on the factory line, drop dead on the factory line. And it has moved somebody in to his position and has kept it rolling. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, and it was like, really? Like, dude, died on a job and you just brush him off to the side. Like, like you finish his job and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with this person. You know, so so that, that, that came to mind. Like, you said that too, just with your dad and knowing that. Because I went through so much depression and anxiety because I was going for this. I was working for this company. Eight years, right? Going in, I'm like, you know, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder, bust my ass, do what I got to do, this, that, and third. My daughter was born. I was like, great. You know what I mean? I've got this good job. I'm going in. A year later, they shut us down and everybody got laid off. So I'm like, I got a one-year-old girl. I'm, I just got married. You know what I mean? Like, I got no income. And a lot of the guys, too, like, we're, we're you know programmed into this thing like you have to provide for your family if you're not providing for your family you're nothing you ain't a man right and that's the same thing with your dad went through right like he had he chose that right i gotta make sure that my family is good forget about my hopes my dreams whatever i want to do whatever like i need to make sure that the family i created is taken care of by any means necessary and that leads into that cycle of you know being stuck to a job because and and love shark tank right kevin o'leary said this and, and it blew my mind, too. But he said, uh, a salary is a drug. A company pays yeah. you to forget about your dreams. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and, and yeah. that's what it is, right? They, they give you little bumps and raises that kind of keep you addicted to that steady income that you've gotten so accustomed to. Because now it's a routine, right? You know, I do these hours and I get this money. I can get this for them. And that's fine. And that's where, like you said, your your mentality or your growth stops, Right. Um, and it, and it's great that you've seen that, right? Because now you've learned to, like you said, that be there for your family, right? You want to figure that out, and, you know, be more time with that, and understand how important it is to be there and show up, right? You know, and and and, and take care of the things that's that, and make sure that they're good, um, but not get too lost in it, right? Because we've seen that my dad was like that too, a super workaholic and all those things, and and you know. Uh, I've seen him every once in a while and he's always working. He never came to any of my graduations, concert choirs, anything like that. Never, you know, and, and even though I had him in the house, like that still impacted me. Right. Cause then I look out, I see these other kids with their dads there and you always want what you don't have. Right. Um, yeah. So it was just made that more for me. Like I need to figure out, I need to be there for my family. Right. I need, I need to be there for my kids. 24 seven. I don't want to rely on a job. So between getting laid off there and seeing what my dad did, I was like, I got to do something, you know, whether it's, like I said, doing this podcast, I love doing it and, and hopefully it blows up and I could do major things and I don't have to worry about it and stuff or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, picking up my t-shirt company and going on because I want to be in control of my own time. I don't want a job to dictate, you know, how I live my life at all. If I can spend time with my family, when I could take vacation, you know what I mean? All that stress or pressure. So I might breathe down my neck for themselves and make themselves more profitable right at my expense so it's just you know i'm doing a job now because i have to i got bills to pay and stuff but like we like just like you man we're, we're on a mission right we need to figure out how we can do this so that we can spend the most time that we can with our family and still give them the life that we want to give them and be happy right because yeah we can give them everything that they need but what they really need is a loving dad right to be happy like if they're looking at their dad and you're miserable all the time and all that stuff you know what i mean like it's for what was yeah, it? You're, you're teaching them how to be miserable right that's where you're at yeah right right and it's funny because like and, and i and i say this story all the time man but my dad gave me the biggest lesson you know because 
he, he was he was a mechanic, right? And of course, you say, see my dad, like, you're a kid, you see what your dad do, you want to do what your dad does, right? So I'm like, you know, I want to be a mechanic like my pops, you know? So I would try to go and learn and ask him to teach me all these things and how, and he refused to teach me any mechanics. Never taught me anything. And, um, you know, I got a brother who lived in Puerto Rico and he would come and visit all the time. And when he would come, my dad would take him to the garage and they would do all this mechanic work together. And of course, like, I'm getting jealous. I'm like, bro, like, really, dad? Like, you know, you spend all the time with him or whatever and, and, and not with me. And he, one day he came at him like that and he was just finished work and he was covered in grease. And he's like, look at me, son. Like, look at my hands. Look at this. Like, I'm dirty and bleeding hands and stuff like this. Like, this is not the life that I want for you. You're going to make money with your brain, not your hands. And he left it at that. And I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. So th- that's when all this entrepreneur stuff, like, kicking on. I started hustling and grinding and using my mind to find any which way. Like, like I say this all the time, when Netflix started out, when they were just doing the DVD sent to your house, and I bought me yeah. a DVD burner and I would rent a DVD, burn a master copy, send it back, get another one, burn a master copy. And then out of those master copies, I'd make thousands of different DVDs and sell them in the streets. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, I don't know. 10, 11 years old, whatever. You know what I mean? Netflix, I was doing the, the next sales ringtones and I figured that out how to do technology and just any way that I can make money without getting dirty. Like, that's what my dad taught. Now, that's what I was about. You know? And he encouraged me, everything like that. And when I when I told him I was doing um, my podcast and all that stuff and I, I was supposed to see him one weekend, I was like, hey, dad, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take a rain check because I want to go to this event and see if I can meet some people, rub some elbows or whatever, see what I can get out of it. He's like, no, no, where I understand, you know, the next day I called him up, you know, and I was like, hey, dad, it went, he called me. He's like, how did it go? And I was like, oh, dad, it went great. I met, you know, this potential mayoral candidate, Bobby Valentine. I got to interview him and stuff. And he was like, man, I'm, he's like, I'm happy to see you doing, you know, getting things that you need to get done for your career. And he never called any, everything else was a job, but he said your career. And that stuck out to me. And I was like, yo, this is so it's just all that motivation and then going that. So I definitely understand like, you know, especially where your dad was coming from and doing whatever he had to do to make sure that you guys were good. Right. Like, you know, he wanted to make sure his family was taken care of at his expense, you know, and yeah. it's a big man to do that. You know, that's admirable. Nothing against my dad nope. or your dad do that. Like, I mean, that's a hard decision to make and like a lot of respect, mm-hmm. you know, like I, there's, there's definitely something to that. Um, it's like a kind of toughness that I think is starting to disappear and maybe that's not good because yeah. now, now we, we all want to like, like, I want to make my own money, you know, like we all want that. So right. like, maybe society's just shifting and it's going to change or like, who knows? Like maybe it's good to have people that are tough like that, that can like sacrifice, like who knows? Hard to tell, but yeah. Like do you, you feel like your relationship with your dad improved after you, you kind of like, realized that he was always thinking about you while yeah. he was working. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. After that. Absolutely. You know, and, and another thing, and I'll share with you too, like with, with my dad and, you know, he was a hard worker, right? He was always going to work. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, he was working at a garage one time in, in, old, in old Greenwich here. Um, and I went to go see him. So mind you, my dad, my, my biological father, cause I'm full Puerto Rican. Right. So my biological dad is white with green eyes. Right. Like you see, as you would never think, but my dad is white with green eyes. You know what I mean? Like so, um, I went to go visit him at his job one day, right? And um, you know, I asked his boss, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, it's Freddie here." I'm sorry. This is the mechanic, your biological father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My biological mechanic, right? So, um, you know, he's working in the garage. So I go see him and ask his boss. I'm like, "Hey, is Freddie here?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, one moment." And he goes to the back real quick and he yells out, "Hey, Freddie, some niggers here to see you." 
and my father lost it, man. I think to this day, like, like I would say, it's all the only reason he ain't doing anything because he didn't want me to see him catch a body because he was a point of killing this man. And he packed up all his stuff and he quit and we walked out. He was like, let's go, let's let's get out of here, and he left. You wow. Know? So you know that was another lesson too. Like you know, is it, he'll go to his job and 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 I kind of almost had like a similar situation kind of happen with me. Um, I was working at a grocery store also in Greenwich and um, one of the employees there, he was, he didn't like me for two reasons. Like, right. I was black and I was younger than him. Right. So that was just rubbing him the wrong way. You know, so he was always trying to get at me. And um, one day my wife was there with my daughter going through the stores and um, he approached my daughter and she was like two at the time, maybe. Did you know it was your daughter? Or yeah. No yeah. Idea. No. Cause I, cause everybody know, like I was helping out. So everybody knew that's my family. Right. And everybody knows like, and um, he goes up to my daughter and he's like, yeah, yo, yo, what's up? What's, you know what I mean? Like, and all this, like, slang and he pops. And I'm just like, bro, she's two. You know what I mean? Like, don't, you don't talk to her like some thug. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't do that. I was like, listen, you want to come at me, whatever, come at me all you want. But the moment you go after my family, I swear to God, I'll end you, bro. Point blank, period. You know what I mean? And he went off to talk to the bosses. Like, you, I guess I said that to him and I'll say it again. And I meant that. Do not mess with my family. I don't care what you pay me here. I, I will drop him in the middle of the floor and not think twice about it. You know what I mean? So, so it's that too, right? I think it, it, it's like that thing that that our dads taught us, right? Like we got to where we got to provide for our family, right? But also, we seen the other side too that we need to find that balance. So, I think it is important to see that and have those type of men because, like I said, I'm 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 not too big for any job. I don't care what it is, right? Like when I was, I was, I was a supervisor over even at that at the, at the uh, supermarket. I was the night manager. I was a closing manager, but I would go out take out the garbage if I had to sweep. If there was a spill, you know what I mean? Like I, I'll do whatever because number one, I'm not gonna ask my employees to do something that I wouldn't do myself, right? Yeah. And two, I'm a hard worker. You know what I mean? Like I got, I got to build that rapport, so it's important to have that and see that. Like you know what I mean? Like I need to do whatever I need to do to make sure that there's food on the table. But I'm yeah. not going to do it to my expense at, at, to a certain point, right? So that's where we had to find that balance where our dads gave us that balance for us, you know, and we get to do that for, for our family and kids and stuff. Um, and speaking of that with kids and family, you know, I've, I've seen that you got two kids, right? A boy and a girl, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And your boy is the oldest? It's just a daughter? I got two. I got I got a boy and a girl. My, do- my daughter is six and my son is three. Uh, so I so, do that. Exact same spacing. I have a six-year-old boy, and my daughter is four. Nice. Yeah. So, so it's right there. I right? mean, it's it's it's, yeah, it's that balance. Yeah, that's like a that's an awesome age. Is is such a good. It's like they're they're perfect. I wish I could freeze time. That's what <laughs> I said, man, that's what I said. How, how is your son with your daughter? Because in my mind, right, I remember growing up, I was like, you know, I want to have a girl first because girls are more like loving and tender. You know, what I mean, they're more nurturing automatically, right? And my daughter's <laughs> like that. She is. She's very nurturing with her brother and caring and takes on that mommy vibes. How is it with your son? Him being the oldest, he uh, he's like very sweet. He's very sweet, really mellow, really calm. And my daughter is like we call her a little mama mm-hmm. because she's just nurturing loving or whatever but she's also like super feisty so she's like bossing him around all the time it's been good for both of them because he's like super sweet we just taught her like how to be she's sweet but (laughs) almost like almost in a manipulative way you know like to get what she wants but i think he's taught her like actual kindness and sweetness and she's kind of taught him how to like stand up for himself because she's like always bossing him around so he's had to toughen up since she came around but yeah they're 
they've got a good dynamic and then we have one more on the way oh so. congratulations bro nice nice Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking yeah. for. I told my wife because I remember, like, I was like, yeah, I want like five kids, right? And then I have my daughter, and, and she's just like so much energy. I mean, like a ball of energy, like nonstop from seven in the morning to like seven thirty at night. Like it's full throttle all day long. Um, and my son is very because my son is like I guess you would say the pandemic baby, right? He was born right before COVID hit, and um, you know, we was locked up. So just me and my son. So he's been very kind of antisocial and just like doesn't you know, have those people skills like my daughter. So I've kind of seen him kind of like trade off, right? My son's becoming more loving and caring and he goes up to her and he randomly hugs her and like grabs her leg and he shows her all this love and affection, which before he didn't do. So it's it's good to see them that close and they can learn from each other and pair off and feed off each other's energy, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Now, now, um, like I said, you know, with your kids and stuff and everything that you learned from your dad, right? Um, now, what is something that you, you keep in mind, right, that you want to instill in your kids, that you want to teach them that they carry out for their whole lives? That's a good question. Um, my wife and I talk about this a lot, but I, I just think that, like, I'm a big believer that we're all entrepreneurs. And you either have many clients or you have one. That's the job. You know, you have one client. And um, we're trying really hard to, like, live in a way that, like, I mean, if my son wants something, you know, like, he's super into Pokemon. He mentioned Pokemon. Like, he's, daughter, so, he's like, are your kids also? My daughter. She, I got her, like, a set of Pokemon cards, and now she's like <laughs> – Loving them, and I got like the the Pokemon emulator on my phone, so she's playing that. So she loves she loves Pokemon. I was huge on Pokemon growing up too. Yeah, yeah, same, same. It's it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's like what I did, and like I'll I'll tell them like yeah, when I was a kid, it was just like sixteen bit graphics, and they're like, what is yeah. what is what is that? I like show what yeah. <laughs> you played, you know, and now they have like all you know the Switch and everything's like open world and it's like like it reminds me of my dad being like yeah when i was a kid i played pong right one day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how i feel now but yeah they're they're super into pokemon so whenever my my son wants like a pokemon game or whatever we're like okay we'll like make some money and like we he's only six years old but i try to like help him think of ideas that he can use to make money and like come up with a way to like do jobs or, or sell stuff or you know just like trying to get the, the wheels rolling right right really because i think that if you teach your kids that they can do anything and that they can solve problems on their own by getting creative it puts them in a really unique position so like when i was growing up my parents made me do boy scouts mm-hmm. so i became an eagle scout at like 17 because i think you have to do it before you're 18 you do all this stupid stuff like learning how to build a tent in the woods and like the survival merit badge and all these different things. I don't use any of that. So what we're doing with my son is as he gets older, like every year there's going to be a business we're going to have him start, you know, like first it's going to be a lemonade stand. Then it's going to be something a little bit more complicated in the third summer. We're probably going to start him when he's like, I don't know, nine or 10. And we're going to do this with all of our kids. So they're not going to be able to get their driver's license until they have built their own business that can pay for their first car. So we're going to start them when they're like nine or 10 on really simple things. So that way they can work up till they're 16 and then go on until they're 18. By the time they're 18, they'll know exactly what goes into starting a business from building a website to marketing stuff, to coming up with a product or service that people want, because 
What I believe is that if you're able to do that as a kid, you learn two, two things. The first is that if you want to start your own business and run the show, you have the skills to be able to do that. And if you don't want to, you still know what goes into running a business. So you can be a much more competitive hire. You know, like most people go in and they're like begging for a job. But if you've run the show a few times, like you can go in and know exactly how things run just by like looking around and talking to a couple of the heads of departments. And and then you have like, once you get in, you have leverage power, you know what you're worth, you can calculate that. So, um, which, you know, I think college was one of the worst investments I ever made. I dropped out, which I'm very proud of, <laughs> but uh, like, and if my kids want to go, like we're going to support them and everything be like, you know, go for it. You're paying. Your way. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's the big thing that we're trying to teach them as they're getting older is that you have to be accountable. You have to be self-sufficient. And if things aren't going your way or you're unhappy with where you're at, you just get creative and you figure it out because there are, are no rules as long as you're not hurting other people. And as long as you're making the world a better place, if you can figure out a way to make the world a better place and make a little money while you're at it, like, you're golden. And so that's what we're trying to show them by example. We're like actively helping them and teaching them. And then obviously like, I just, you know, try to treat my wife as good as I can. Cause that's the ultimate lesson. Like how you treat your spouse is like, you can't tell a kid, like, here's how you treat a woman, son. Like you got to show them. And, and uh, so besides the like money side, that's the, my relationship with my wife is probably the thing that I like try to focus on the most. And those are very admirable things, man. I think it's it's so important to uh, to teach them that, right? Because my my parents came here, right, from Puerto Rico, trying to figure it out, you know, make a better life for them and stuff. But they didn't really understand money or finances, you know. It was just get a job, and we're here to because it's a place to be for a better life for our children, right? This is where we got to be at if we want to want a better life for them. So they didn't Did really. You know, know, sorry. Sorry. You know, that's a huge indicator in terms of successfulness of an entrepreneur. So um, I have this mentor, he's a multimillionaire, he like does investments and stuff. He's an angel investor. I was talking to him one day and he was like, where are your parents from? And I was like, well, my mom's from Mexico. And he was like, he told me that's a many, many successful business owners are children of immigrants because the immigrants come over and they know how to work. Mm-hmm. And children grow up seeing two worlds the world of the immigrant family and the stereotypical American dream and children of immigrants. I remember him telling me this children of immigrants have such an advantage over native born uh, citizens, but he never told me like specifically what the advantage was, but interesting fact. You know, and I, and I still believe that, right? Like I think because you know what, when you see your parents struggle, right, and go through that to make money, and then you see the lifestyle and, 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 and how hard it is, you appreciate it that much more, you know, and you gain that hard work ethic, right, because it's passed down to you. So you're not afraid to work hard or get your hands dirty or do all these other things and stuff like that because you've seen your parents doing that. And you know that how much that is, you know, in, 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 in getting a job or doing your own thing, you know, I think – Maybe on the other side to that, right? When you're, when you come from money, I guess is the best way to say it, right? Or any of those things. When you come from that lifestyle, you don't really get to see the the work that goes behind it, right? To get to that point, 
you know, yeah. and what it what it means to maintain that level, you just kind of expect it because that's all you really know. You know what I mean? And 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 I do that with like too, like with my daughter and stuff. And like you said too, like you know, she wants to do things like or buy things. Hey, you know what? Every morning you make up, you you wake up a little thing like that. Make your bed and organize. If you do what I'm telling you, I will give you a dollar for the for the day. You know, and this then you kind of stack up. And she has her own little account of money and. And he has on debit card now too. It's like, so how do you want to go things or buy things to teach him that to understand how all that works, right? To get comfortable with with money and and all those things, you know. Because there's times too where she goes to store like I want to buy side. Well, you buy that. Well, that's ten dollars, and that means you're only gonna have five dollars left. So you know what do you got? And she's like, mm, maybe I'll wait. You know what I mean? To kind of get him into that that thinking. So that they can understand, you know, like, oh, I had to do my bed, you know, five times this week to get five dollars and I'm going to waste it all now. Like, you know, so so it's important. Dude, hard to young because most kids like you get old enough to apply for a credit card. And it's free money, you know, and then like people never recover from that. Mm-hmm. You like make big mistakes at 18, 19 and it's downhill from there for the rest of your life. Like a lot of people make those mistakes and never figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speak. Yeah, man. So, so it's it's important to to do that and and learn that hard work ethic. Um, and for me too, I think the other aspect to that is like it says, just just to. I want her to, both of my kids to love themselves, right? To learn to really love themselves, because for me that was my my biggest cause of depression and unhappiness and insecurities is because. I didn't love myself the way I should have, right? I let other people tell me what I should be or what it needs to do that. And and it left me to so much depression. I never, you know, until I got older and then I had to sit down and think to myself, like, do I really like this because I really enjoy it? Or is it because I was programming and adapting so much to all these things and feeling so lost? So, you know, I, I encourage them to be silly, to have fun and like, you know, not make, you know, not be afraid to make mistakes or say what they want to say or do what they want to feel and get comfortable with that. I'd rather them be overly vocal now and teach them how to wind it down as they get older versus silencing them now and them never speaking up when they grow up and living so much misery. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's for me. That was my biggest thing because I want I want her to be, hey, love who you are as a person. If you can do that from now, your future would be so much easier because you don't worry about what other people thinking or say or let other people impact you. Because I tell her all the time, like, don't let other people control your feelings. I don't want to hear you say that, oh, so-and-so made me sad or this person made me cry. Nobody does that to you. You cry because you want to cry. You be happy because you want to be happy, not because somebody else did that to you. I don't want her to be yeah. controlled by people because they control her emotions. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so it, th- those are the things there, man. And, and this is going so quick. And I'm looking down to so I like to keep it within an hour, but I'm having so much fun. I think like halfway through my questions, I'm about to speed this up a little bit just to get us through because yeah. there's, just, there's just so much going on right now. And um, so so yeah, this is fun. I have yeah. time, so like no rush. If you want to go over, we'll go over. It's your show, but I don't have anything going on. Today. All right, cool. I don't want to keep you up and anything, but yeah, man, I definitely appreciate it. So, so yeah, man, that, that's what it is like with, with my son and my daughter and those things that I try to teach them and instill because it's just so, so important um, to, to do those things. And, and, you know, your kids are going to see that too and learn. And, and, and from that, like, even with the show, like my daughter, because they're sponges, right? Like you said, that was what I was going at it, right? Like, you know, it, it's not so much what we tell them, right? What we show them, yeah. right? Like you said about your spouse, right? Um, one thing with my dad, with my mom and my dad, and, and I get more to quit, like he showed me how to care for my care for my wife, right? How to care for your woman, you know? 
every morning, my dad wakes up in the morning and it never fails. I see this every time growing up. He'd be the first one up making coffee. He'll have the coffee right on like the little banister. So when mom comes out the bathroom, her coffee's sitting there waiting for, wait for her after she gets out, you know, from brushing her teeth and getting ready. Like her coffee's right there, like without fail. You know, she gets ready to go. Her car's already turned on. You know what I mean? Like if, if it snowed that night, you know, he shovels off the snow for car, like without every morning. There'll be nights where they would fight, argue, get physical. You know what I mean? Like brutal, brutal fights that seen growing up. And still the next morning he did it. Doesn't matter what happened, what they said to each other. Then it wasn't like, "Oh, I'm pissed at you." I'm not. No, he did it. Like, and he always said, "You know, I remember her mom. I told her mom that I was gonna take care of her. I promised her mom that I'm not gonna break that promise. Okay, what happens or whatever. Like, I'm not gonna break that promise." And every day I would see him do the same thing without fail. You know, giving people, you know, the shirt off his back or being super kind and stuff. We didn't have a lot of conversations. Like, that's what I said with my dad. Like, I wish we had more heart to hearts. You know, you see, because I grew up on TV and you see all these sitcoms and all these, you know, where they have the dad always giving these great speeches and life lessons to their kids. I'm like, that doesn't happen in my house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want that. But then I've learned much, much more from watching what he does. Than any conversations And now as we got older We do have an amazing relationship We we talk all the time It'll call me up And we have such a Such an awesome conversation now We're like really good friends But I had to watch him To learn all these things Right It wasn't because he told me What to do Or what it was It was by, by watching him And then the same thing too With my wife Like I, I don't want to yeah, we know that, right? We have differences with our spouses, right? It's, it's it's inevitable. I think every relationship, like I say, has its good times and its bad times. It's the good times that make it last, and the bad times that make it strong, right? So mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta work on those things and, and fight for each other. So we don't try to argue in front of the kids or anything like that. We don't want them to see those things or have anything because we don't want to leave that impression. So we try to be mindful of that because we know that they're watching. We know that you know what I mean. Like even you may not see it, they hear, they watch, they're sponges, like. <laughs> Harder than you think too. Like, there's so much more perceptive yeah. than people think. Yeah, yeah, man, and, and, and it's crazy. Like, we we knock it because we think like, oh, that they're oh because they're young and stuff. But it's important that we watch them, like, see how their mind works, right, and encourage that development, right, and seeing where they are, and 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 and, and help them flourish, be themselves, right. If they want to be curious and all those things, like, not shut them down. Um. So so it is just amazing. Like with my daughter in the show and. She 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 loved it too. Like she gets her little phone, and, and if I let her use my phone, she'll make little videos and talking to people. Like she's already in that social media like mentality, and like, oh hey guys, I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like so comfortable with it. You know, for us, it's like struggling. Like we're talking to like thousands of people, but it's not. It's our phone, and it's kind of weird and awkward. Like you know what I mean? Like, but to her, it's normal. Like it's you know. Um, yeah, that's a little bit scary. That's that's bizarre. The whole social media thing. Like our kids are not really aware of it yet because we try not to we try to live yeah it's a weird world that kids are growing up into now because how, how, how old are you Freddie? i just turned 36 okay yeah so like you're in the same boat as me like when we were kids it was like dial up internet like you had to tie up the phone line in yeah. order to get on so like and then you paid for it like remember the little cds yeah you put the cd in four minutes of, of internet time and you like use twenty of that downloading a video yeah. to, to watch, like yeah. So like I mean, those days it was like you found out where the crew was at by riding around the neighborhood looking for the big pile of bikes in somebody's yard. Yep, yeah. It's wild, especially little girls. Like they seem to be gravitating towards that younger and younger, and it's very, 
I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe, maybe it's just like old people don't want change and kids see the future, you know, like, I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah, no, it is. And you know what? I see it from both sides, right? Because, you know, this is what I do, right? I'm, I'm on social media a lot and I do these videos and do so. My daughter understands TikTok and Instagram and she knows all those things. Um, you know, and my, my niece is about like a year and a half older than her, maybe, you know, so they're very close in age. But my niece is a lot more mature, and this is because again, her her sisters are twenty three and twenty. She's eight, you know, so she's definitely the youngest. Again, there they, she sees a lot more grown up things. Um, yeah, you know, so it's it's a little scary on that side. So I don't, I don't. I monitor what my daughter does a lot on there. You know, I try to give her freedom to go on different things and I try to see because and and, and then educate her when I see something that I don't like or, or anything like that and then correcting it ASAP. So it, it's hard because, again, like her cousin, they hang out all the time. Her cousin's making TikTok videos and all that stuff when they're hanging out and on their phone. But that's that's one of my rules. Like I tell them straight up, like if y'all together, I don't want to see neither one of y'all on your phone. Nobody on a tablet, nobody in there. Y'all here together to play with each other. Y'all not here to be playing video games. You know what I mean? Like... Go play with your Barbies, go outside, play kickball, do something, but y'all not going to be on no tablet or no phone when y'all with me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that's what comes to that, man. And and um, and um, going on to it, right, like, what do you think, like I said, like, they had, had them both and, and, and kids and stuff. What is the thing that is the biggest difference between raising a boy and a girl? Well, I don't know. Um... It's a good question. I haven't really noticed a huge difference. I mean, their interests are, are different, you know. Um, they they might be a little, I'm sure that'll come out when they're teenagers, you know. I'm sure it'll become more different when they're teenagers, but they're both they're both so sweet that uh, being a parent hasn't been hasn't been a roller coaster yet. Like it's been pretty fantastic and easy and it's come pretty naturally to both my wife and I, but they get my wife's sweetness. Both of them get my wife's sweetness. I think, I think um, the biggest difference probably would be that I feel like my girl, you kind of have to show her, like I have to show her more that I care about her, like real gestures and, and doing things for her and telling her how beautiful she looks Whereas my son, you know, I just throw him around and he thinks that's great. You know, like just that, that's probably it. You know, like it's, it's, you got to go out of your way for the girls to let them know they're special. And, uh, with the boys, you just, you know, run around the yard, (laughs) you know, toss them around and they're happy. So that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah. You know what? It it is true. Like my, my daughter, again, she's like six and, and she's super emotional. So it's so funny because, like, anytime, like, if me and my wife, like, we'll hug or we'll kiss or something like that. And, like, she catches it. She's like, hey, where's my hug? Like, I don't want it. And she gets, you know, like, a little pouty and just, like, you know, so so we're there. And she's always been super affectionate, you know, growing up. My son, it just took so long, too, like, to try to be affectionate with him. Like, trying to get some love with him and stuff. But he's not like that. He does, like I said, if I'm laying on the floor, he'll get on me. And he does these, these trust falls or he'll want me to throw him around or we'll, like, you know, roll around on the floor. And, and just you know what I mean? Like, and that's what he likes, you know, and that's when he gets all happy and, you know, we have those moments. So, yeah, it is definitely different in, in that, that aspect. I, I was looking at it and for them, it was kind of like the start of my podcast with my son because I, in my head, like I felt it a little bit easier 
with my daughter in sense of, you know, what I'm training you and teaching you is what to look for in a man, right? You know, how a man to treat you and all these things. Like I told my daughter, like, for instance, like we'll walk out on the street and stuff. I'm like, hey, you walk on the inside. You don't walk on the street side. Whenever you're with somebody, make sure that you walk on any on the inside. You know, that's how you know that they're trying to protect you and care for you. You know, let them open the door for you. Doing all those things, like and gentleman things is how I want her to see a man to treat her and all those things. And then with my son, I felt it harder to um, learn where to start to teach him how to be a man, right? Like it's different to teach my daughter what to look for in a man and then teach my son what to how to be a man. And I think the the most of that came from because at the time of my life, like I didn't think I was much of a man, you know, in the sense of like mm-hmm. I wasn't working, you know, I, I was – like I said, I was, was laid off of my job. I was doing part-time jobs here and there. I was collecting unemployment and going to school. So it wasn't like I was, it wasn't taking care of them, but it's just in my mentality, like I just wanted to be the major breadwinner to be able to give them whatever they wanted. And I wasn't at that position. So I didn't feel like I was a man, um, you know, so that was made it harder. Like, how do I teach him how to do that if I don't feel like I'm there yet? And then that's kind of, again, why I started doing these things, talking to different guys to help me understand too. Like, you know, what is it that that, that we see or what is a universal thing it is to be a man or, or or how does that work? You know, and a lot of people have said the same thing, even yourself, like, you know, accountability, you know, um, being there for your kids, just showing up, uh, um, you know, being, being honest and, and just genuine caring and all those things. And, and as I seen those conversations and I realized I had a lot more of those qualities and seen that I'm a lot more prepared than I thought I was or putting myself down. Um, so that that's where it is um, when it comes to that. Um, and I don't know what kind of bounce around because I was just looking at this and I know you're doing all these um, for, for your, your TikToks and all these videos, right? I know you kind of said that you were looking for something to to be simple or, you know, not a lot of work and effort and stuff like that, but still get out there and be you. Um, what was it that that made you say, okay, like, this is it. Like, I found my thing. Well, I, I, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing my thing right now. So, like, the, the quotes and stuff, like, I, I'm really into audio and video. I, I geek out over the setup and camera and lenses and getting a shot. Um, but uh, I'm actually starting to be able to do more of what I wanted to do. But we bought a house in October congratulations thank you it has been uh, i don't want to say a nightmare it's been a nightmare it's rough it's rough it's rough because we had to tear this thing down to the studs it was like essentially it wasn't uninhabitable but it hadn't been updated probably or clean since 1969 when it was built so with the price of labor and everything right now like i have been doing everything myself um, so I have this closet back here I built myself. That, this chandelier is coming down this week because that's original. You know, we still need the light and everything. But um, like the quotes and stuff is like a, a sliver of what I want to be putting out there. But it's kind of the only thing that I've had time for between all my clients and this business I'm running and then rebuilding this house. Right. But now that we're, yeah, I'm like, so yeah, I definitely have not been like, Oh, this is it. But I do know what I want to be doing more of. And it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of the quote stuff because I do like to think about things, but I'm also like really playful and, and like creative. So we're doing some cool stuff with like forced perspectives on like model airplanes and cars for some videos, similar to the first video that I did on with the Photoshop stuff. 
Um, I had these like cars that I set up that were toys mm-hmm. and I photoshopped them to make it look like I had a Lamborghini, a Porsche, a Bentley, like all sitting in a row and make it look like I'm this super rich douchebag. Right. <laughs> and got 2 million views. And that was really, really fun, but I didn't want to like get boxed into like the, being the Photoshop guy. And so that's, like I said, that's when I came back and started doing the quotes I was like, no, I want to do some more of the, like, I want to try everything when it comes to like creativity and stuff. And it's been great though, because the stuff that I've put on social has been like broad enough that it's attracted a lot of brands that Mm -hmm. they're like, we want to do the same thing. Like how can we get creative with our brand and putting ourselves out there on social? So I'm going to be able to start doing more of what I want to do. Um, What I like doing is, is a little bit more time consuming um, though. So I've had to wait until we're like towards the the final stages of the house, but um, I don't think I'll ever make it. And like, I've made it because I, I, my brother and I have this conversation all the time. I I think that men in general, I I speak for myself at least, like there's a lot of men out there that are what I call dragon slayers. Like you have to have a dragon you're after trying to slay. I really like the chase. Like I love the challenge of trying to reach the next level. Not because like I want to be like, I mean, I do want to be wealthy, but like I'll never, it, like there will never be so much money that I'll ever make where I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm done. Like even right, if it right. wasn't, I'd still be going and trying to be creative, trying to come up with a, a new way of presenting something interesting to people. And so um, I don't know if that answered your question, but I'm still in my process, like figuring out what I want to do when I grow up. Like I know I'm on that path, but yeah, I think it'll keep evolving and until I die. <laughs> so, no, and I think it, it will too. You know, like I, I started just, just like I said, where, where I was like, you know what, I just want to do this podcast and, and go there and and talk. Um, and it's been great, right? And I've been doing that. And as I'm doing it, um, you know, there's other things coming to mind that you kind of want to do, right? You know, like I, like I said, like, you know, now I want to do like maybe mini interviews here and there, and, and and try to get to people and just go out there and, and expand a little bit more. Um, but I think like it, the, the good thing, like you said about these dragon slayers, as we call ourselves, right. Or as we are, right. Is that, you know, it, it's setting itself up for different streams of income. I'm looking at it as, right. Like you say this, Hey, you know what you have your quotes thing and it's not like ideally hundred percent what you want to do, but it, it's, it's what's going on right now and what's helping me out for this moment. And you get to work on that and establish it to be its own thing. Right. So now you have that stream going and it's like, okay, now I'm going to do these other videos that take a little bit more time. But now, you know what I mean? Like you're not relying, you're not worried about the other income, right? You got this first stream, it's kind of going and doing its own thing. And it's really quick. If you need to do something, you know, you can keep that up, but still, you know, work on your next plan. And as that evolves and it becomes solidified too, then you work on your next leg. So it's just going, what you're doing is just creating different streams of income and working on a generational wealth. You know what I mean? So you have things to leave for your kids. And that's like what I wanted to do too, right? With my t-shirt company that I'm start that I started. And even with the show and stuff is really trying to build something to, to leave for them. Um, but also keep that mentality where I don't want them to like, Oh, my daddy left this to me. Like you got to learn. I'm going to put them to work in and earn and earn the stripes and go in there and put in that hard work. Because if you don't like I'm, daddy's not going to be here to run it forever. You know what I mean? Like, so somebody has got to take it over make sure that it goes and keeps it going. And, and, and and establish that so you know we just got to keep keep making those moves and, and growing and developing our things and stuff so um 
Yeah, man. Like like you said, I mean, I, you know, I find out, like you said, you're still figuring out. And I think we're all going to do that, right? Like, no, we're always looking for involvement. And I think that's that's the best thing in what's going to ultimately lead us to success, right? Like, it's going to happen. It's bound to happen because we're not leaving any other option. You know what I mean? Like, we're just going out there and grinding. And that's where it is. Um, and that, bring it back, because I thought about something that you said earlier, right? About, um, you know, that you said your dad not thinking that he was good enough or anything like that being on his own and, and, and doubting himself is that it was um, this quote that I read in his book. And it says, um, you know, if anyone can do it, anyone can do it. Right. And I also went on to say is that, you know, the human potential is is limitless. Right. But it'll only go as far as we think we can go. Right, so we create our own boundaries, right, in our own head. So if we didn't have any boundaries, and there's nothing else that we can do, right? Like you said, like somebody said that we're never gonna be, we're never gonna be able to fly, and somebody said that I'm gonna challenge that. And we got planes. There's never gonna be an electric car that's gonna go fast as a regular gas pop and keep working on it. It happened, right? Because we didn't let that be a limitation, right? We didn't say that that was the end all be all. So it's definitely important to, to do those things and. And like you said, you got you had so much going on, you know, growing up with your dad, things that happened with your dad and, you know, having your own family of your own, your own different businesses and all these different things. So as, as we wind it down here, right, the two last questions I got for you, the very first one is, you know, with everything that you've been through in your life and, and all this cool that you've seen and everything, what do you think has been the biggest or the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, I don't know if I've ever got great. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what it is. Um, I actually saw this just written on a wall, and it, it kind of sums up like a lot of what we've been talking about. Um, and it said, uh, not everyone who chases a zebra catches it, but the one who caught it decided to chase it. So, you know, we're talking about like building streams of income, being successful, having time for your family. Like it all sounds really good, but at the end of the day, like luck plays into it a lot. And um, you can't get lucky unless you're playing the game. And the game's a hard one to play. Um, it's exhausting, it's tiring, it's scary as hell. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, th I think it's that because like you also talk a lot about accountability and everything. And, and, you know, like I said, with the story about my dad, just being unsure of himself to go out and start his own thing. Um, those are your choices. You either play it safe or you decide to chase the zebra. And just because you're chasing it doesn't mean you're going to get it. But if you want something bigger, if you want something better than what you have right now, you don't have a choice. You either accept what you got or you chase the zebra and maybe you'll catch it. Maybe you won't, but you'll never know unless you go after it. Um, so that concept, I would say is the most powerful bit of advice that I've, you know, kind of internalized in my life. Yeah. I think it goes hand in hand almost with, um, uh, with this quote that Pitbull said, uh, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Cause he, he was saying, you know, everybody's comes to me and they'd be like, yo, Chico, you're so lucky. Right. And I look at him and I say, you know what? It's like the harder I work, the luckier I get. Ain't that funny? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, is that like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's true nowadays. And we've seen a lot of that too, right? You know, anybody can go viral, right? Like it just takes a moment and, and it's, it's almost luck, 
in a sense, you know what I mean? Like, there's, I know there's a lot of things goes into it, but you know, I mean, it's got to be at the right time. Sometimes it's really for it to kick off and, and, and see those things. And I think that that's kind of like another kind of downside, I guess, with the social media thing is that everybody thinks like, oh, I just get on and I can do it instantly. Like, it, it doesn't work that way, right? You don't know how many videos these people put out. You know how many hours they they did all these things and all that stuff. And 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 yeah, if they are a what a one hit wonder, then they do that one thing and then what, right? There's no you stop like. No, it's like you like we said earlier, right? It's consistency, right? I think that that's what kept me going with the show, right? I made a commitment to myself, like, hey, I gotta do this every single week. Okay, what happens? Whatever, like, this is my commitment. I'm gonna go. It's gonna be slow. You got, got I made myself comfortable. Like, I'm not gonna go out day one and get a hundred thousand followers. I know it's not gonna happen, but I gotta be and out. You know, there. The thing is so tough is it might not even be this podcast because, like, the thing is, like, I've been doing YouTube since 2014. And have started at least five different channels and none of them went anywhere. And I worked with a bunch of like, so I've been doing the social media stuff for a long time. And it wasn't till 2019 that I had a video blow up and do 2 million views. So like it was one of my first TikTok videos, but I had made hundreds and hundreds of videos before that for other platforms. So like, you just got it. You said it. You have to keep going, like, because you, you never know. Like, you just got to be consistent, and you never know how many videos, how many podcast episodes somebody's done until they have the one that like gets them their first like first little rung on the ladder. You know? Yeah. No. And you know, it's funny as you said that, right? It made me think of this other thing, which is um, so crazy, right? Usain Bolt. Let's look at him for example, right? I think maybe hands down, like his entire olympic career right is i think it's under two minutes wow right yeah. so he ran at like all his olympics it's been under two <laughs> minutes right under two minutes he's but he trained for 20 years that's yeah you see what i'm saying like nobody sees that it's like oh he just got up and started running like no no my man trained day in day out for 20 years to run two minutes his entire olympic career and look at everything that's- he was able to do yeah. You know, but it's because of that hard work. And like you said, for you, right, well, it was 2014, going on five years of doing stuff, you know, making videos, making contents, doing this, doing that, or whatever, five years, you know, and come across TikTok one time, do a video, and then boom. You know what I mean? Like, it was maybe because that was just that. Like, TikTok is new. Not a lot of people are on it. The people are just gravitating toward it. It's just, it's just a new, you know, gold rush in a sense, you know. So it was right time, right thing. But you had five years of practice of making videos, of doing things, working on lighting, working on ca- cameras, angles, you know what I mean? Like, working on all that content to be able to make something that got two million views. And now, like I said, like, how many different of your, 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 uh, your quotes and different video clips of, like, that, too? Maybe, again, like, 15, 20 seconds clips you know getting thousands and thousands of views but it took those five years you know what i mean of yeah. practicing and all that stuff to get to this point you know so that's what we got everybody out there all the young kids out there who's talking about like oh going viral stuff like that look at look, there's a lot of work that goes into it you know what i mean there's a lot of things that go into it so be prepared to grind if you want to go down that road right definitely Right. And, and even just saying that, like, again, like, like I said, I love quotes all the time. I think I hear so many different ones, but even at that, right, like, it says, you know, the person who loves to run will always run further than a person running to the destination. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So, like, you focus on your destination. That's all you're going to break until you get to that point. But if you love to run, if you love to grind, you love to work, there's no telling how far you're going to go and how much you're going to take off. 
But if you just focus on a destination, that's where it is. That's what go back to what we said before. That's where you're creating your boundary. You made your own little box, and now you got to sit in it. Yeah. You know, so so definitely on those two things. And then my last question to you, right, um, with everything that you've been through and everything that you've learned and seen, right, what is one piece of advice you would like to offer the next generation? Hmm. I would say be good to each other. Um, and, and that's it because, uh, you know, we have problems in this country. Like, I mean, we have real problems and I, I, I that, that would be it. Just be better to each other. And like, it is okay if somebody does not think the same way that you do or think the same things that you do, you can still be neighbors. You can still be decent to each other. You can still respect an opinion and protect somebody's right to an opinion or behavior that you don't agree with. Um, like I said, as long as it's not like hurting someone, why do you care? Like we all just want to make our money, raise our families and be left alone. And so the younger generation, just be good to each other and uh, you'll be rewarded for it. Cause yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think that is super ideal, right? Like, and exactly what you said, be kind to one another. Everything that we've seen in this world in these last couple of years, right? Like, just just so much hate and just anger and all this stuff that's been going on in all these years. And for what? You know, like, people creating divides, you know, like, perfect example, right? The whole thing with the vaccines, vaccinated and unvaccinated and all that stuff, and people just getting so petty and just, like, angry at people. For what? Like, if you don't want... I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether you do or you don't want to get that, like, what does that affect somebody else's life? You know what I mean? Like, or why do you got to create or, or divvy them up for, for that? It, we all bleed the same. We all, you know what I'm saying? Like, we all feel the same feelings. We all can be emotional. I mean, it's where, where people are people, you know, and we, we should respect that and just love one another. Like, and I said that back. So, like, you know, growing up uh, at our age, right? I remember I fought this kid four times in, in one day. We squared off and threw hands four times in the same day to the point where the entire family came to my house to try to fight me. How and old the, were you? Ah, man, I was probably like 10 years old, maybe. Maybe less. Well, we, were about the, we were the same age. I think it was like a year younger than me, like nine. And we, we just went at it. And the very next day, I'm not going to say, yo, you going to the park? We going to go play? Let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was nothing. You know what I mean? Like, now you look at somebody wrong. People want to pull out a gun or, you know what I mean? Like, get all violent. Take people. For what? Like, it's not that serious. It's not that deep. Exactly. You know, so it definitely is that. Just be kind to one another. How much we, we, we can change and just help each other just by being kind. Right? We don't know what anybody's going through in this world. You know, just a little bit of love goes a long way. And like I said, I've Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, Muhammad Gandhi, all those people show me that stuff, right? Like, just give a little love and look how much you can change the world and pseudo change. So definitely, like you said, be kind to one another. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I was about to say, all those people that you had mentioned earlier, like, look, I mean, you want to see power. That's real power. That's power that money can't buy. Those people, you know, change the world. And they 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 could have they could have gone a different direction. That's what makes mm-hmm. them so such powerful figures in history. You need more of those people, yeah. Absolutely. And people say that like you know, oh, kindness. Is a, 
I guarantee you this, right? Mother Teresa was alive. She was doing her thing. That woman can go anywhere, any place, anytime, and get anything she wants. And it's not because of that. It's just because of how she was. Kind, loving, and caring to people, right? People go out of their way. Somebody that kind, that nice, go out of their way to make sure that they're good. You know? Like, there's this lady at my job, which is so funny that I work with. Her name is her name is Mary. And um, she has to be the sweetest person, like, I've ever met. Like, I just, I, I don't think she has an angry, harmful, mean bone in her body. You know, and everybody sees the same way for her, you know. And everybody goes out of the way to make sure that she's okay and that she's good. That she's, you know what I mean? Like, because she's such a kind and caring person, genuinely, that you want to protect that person. You yeah. know, and, and that's what we need to do in this life, right? Like, just be there for each other. Love, care, and it'll go a long way, man. Like, we, we, we respect each other's differences, understand, and move on that. This world would be such a much better place. And that's hopefully that, you know, things in between what you're doing, what I'm doing, what everybody's out here, you know, just going out there and just teaching people, hey, just be a little kind, spread a little love, change the world. That's all it is. It don't take much. You said it. Well, dude, man, I, again, I'm 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 so honored and thankful, you know, that, that you were able to sit down and, and talk with me. You went out of your way to do this. You know, I know you got a lot going on, like you said, I mean, between your businesses, the house and everything is it's great. Yeah, thank you, man. It was a lot of fun. It was a great conversation. Like, really fun, really cool. Love what you're doing. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. No, definitely, man. And we'll talk more, man. Like I said, I got, I got another show going on where it's just about that, too. I want to focus on just us as men to be able to have a forum where we can sit down and talk to each other about feelings and everything that's going on, right? Because... You know, we all go through different things and we all feel the same way, right? We all feel alone, like we can't talk to nobody because we've always been trained like, hey, you're a man, you got to shut up, keep your emotions to yourself, be strong, keep it moving, don't show no weakness, and move on. But that is just so damaging to us because we need to, everybody needs to be able to release their feelings, to talk about what's going on and then decompress. Like if we don't do that, as we've seen, you know, male suicide rate and, and everything's going on is crazy, right? Like because of all these pressures on ourselves and making us feel like we have nobody to talk to. So hopefully, like I said, you know, when I get another episode of that going on, I'll have you down. We could talk about other things and stuff and definitely keep in contact, man. I love what you're doing, man. I wish you nothing but the best, bro. Same, same to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, we do it again. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you again for having me on here. No, absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and watching. And as I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed, everybody.